Next on BYU Sports Nation, let's play Monday morning quarterback for BYU Football Media Day. The top five things we learned on Friday. Jacob Brugman has another first in the major leagues, and Colton Shaver pulls in Eric Mika and goes pro. Plus, Ashley Hatch continues her karma kick in professional soccer, and national champ Blaine Fowler flexes his vocal muscles on BYU Football's top headlines. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by... The BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station back to work on a Monday. We are live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Monday, Jerem Jordan. It is June 26th. It is the middle of the summer. Well, it's kind of the beginning of the summer, actually. We're like five days in, I forgot. And yet we have not played golf in a very long time. We need to you're, change that. You're dressed to impress, though, for this very thing. This was a calculated move on my part. Ooh, maybe today. <laughs> you want to go right now? Just unplug and go? Yeah, let's go. We don't need to do a live TV show. Let's just stay here. Come on. Right. It's great to have you with us, everyone. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the face of L.A. Gear Cross Country, Jerem Jordan. We've been working on a lot of uh, great products, uh, most of which are from 1992, but we're very excited about you know, the kind of offerings that we're going to put out there. (laughs) We just got Carl Malone. Uh, Did you know Carl Malone's son plays offensive line for LSU? I did not know that. He's going to play against BYU. Oh, baby. Sometime at night, Carl Malone look up at BYU (laughs) and think, how did they pass the ball during the 80s so well? (laughs) Sometime is horde. Is horde. (laughs) Where's your favorite burger place, Carl Malone? Hordies. (laughs) (laughs) I love Carl Malone. The man show, Jimmy Kimmel. Yes, yes. One of the great sketches for sure. Uh, hey, we're glad that everyone survived the weekend and specifically BYU Football Media Day. What a day. Man, if you missed any of it, you can take it in on demand through the apps hey, uh, or stream it online. Really fantastic. Spend show. July getting watching all of that content yes. and then get to fall camp. I mean, watch BYU Sports Nation, watch on-demand games and everything. Um, there's enough to get you through the summer, I promise. Like, I used to watch BYU football, the greatest moments in BYU football history, produced by Ross Sports Productions, I think, like, in 1992. That was my get-ready-for-the-season video. It still is, actually. Yeah, probably. So, that, (laughs) but then you have everything else that we experienced on Media Day. Like, you can can indulge in something every day to get your fix. Not just BYU Sports Nation, but go back and throw in a... You know, a spattering of BYU football media day as well. Smattering or Spat- spa- spattering? Spattering, spattering. Like a spattering feels like oh, that. Um, that for you know that coach was out of control. The umpire could not take the spattering <laughs> of insults. Like a smattering would be. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. It's know. okay. Smattering, insuple. Smattering is the spattering. <laughs> also, if anyone is wondering how to pronounce Diane Lake's new last name, we got you covered. We thought it was Ganwoluku. Nope. The it's N is silent. Ganwoluku. Ganwoluku. You're welcome. Yeah. Bring on the headlines. Thanks, Maui. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. The 2017-2018 BYU men's basketball team will practice together for the first time today. This is the beginning of a six-week summer semester training camp where all members of the Cougar Hoops team are together and training together more importantly i'm very excited for this team this is going to be a fun group obviously eric mika's moved on to the next level so now this team can uh 
can explore a little bit, right? What are the expectations for this team now that Eric Mika is gone? We need to discuss. I'm gathering for Another a lot day. of you, it's... Another day. Well, not good. <laughs> Jacob Bregman hit his first Major League home run over the weekend for the Oakland A's. Awesome. Two other rookies also homered in that game, making Jacob Bregman not special at all. No, I'm just kidding. Making them the <laughs> second trio of rookies in MLB history to hit all their first homer in the same game. The only other trio, you know this, you are a huge fan of this team, the 1914 Kansas City Packers. I remember watching the Kansas City Packers. Unbelievable baseball. What? This is pre-Bart Starr, Kansas City <laughs> Packers, and a different sport. Who played for the Kansas City Packers? What is it? The Acme Indian company, Trading Something Company? Like packing yeah. Company or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Hey, speaking of professional baseball, Colton Shaver signs with the Houston Astros. He will start his pro career no more BYU baseball, and he heads out to play for the Greenville Astros. Or is it Greenville? Uh, it's in Tennessee, so it's definitely Greenville. Greenville. And Ashley Hatch scored the game-winning goal for the North Carolina Courage to beat the Boston Breakers 1-0, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Ashley Hatch scored in all three of her starts for the North Carolina Courage. Arma. <laughs> the Jim Gaffigan. Yes, it is. Hot <laughs> Eat fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley yep. Hatch is starting because there are some injuries to the veterans in front of her. Ha <laughs> Wally. Do you know who Wally Pip is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, me neither. Mm-hmm. Lou Gehrig. Man, I tell you what, Ashley, the guy Hatch... that was replaced by Lou Gehrig. Yes, come on, D- doing some work. Do- what a manifestation of the BYU Sports Station karma. Man, the. Spattering of goals <laughs> has been unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> exactly. Wow is right. Excellent use of that drop. Rise and shout. <laughs> Time for What's Trending brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Media Day High Five. We like to play Monday morning quarterback after football games. There are no football games happening right now in relation to BYU, but... Aww. There was BYU Football Media Day last Friday, and it presented a ton of good stuff, which brings us to today's Twitter question. What was your biggest takeaway from BYU Media Day? Use the hashtag BYUSN, at Brett Meekum. Johnny Linehan and his guaranteed fake punt at some point this season. No reference of 4th and 19 in that tweet. That's pretty good. The sign is in the studio, people. It is autographed by one Johnny Linehan, hashtag fourth and no more. So thank you at Brett underscore Meekum for making a reference to it, but not actually saying fourth and 19. I thought we were doing fourth and no mo. Oh, fourth and no mo? No mo. Like Hideo? Okay. No mo? Whatever you want, man. It's going to be me? It's your world. I'm living in it. At least you realize it. (laughs) Five things we learned from BYU Football Media Day. It was a really... Fun Friday. These are the top five, Spencer. And so These now well we, thought out. we will roll out the, just top five. Five. Okay. the top five. This is the top five, starting with number five. BYU has at least two 4-3-40 guys, Jonah Trineman and Bo Tanner. Hey, I like having fast dudes. I'd like a, little, uh, a few more, but a 4-3 guy typically isn't coming to a lot of non-Power 5 schools, so it's great to have these guys. Now, here's the deal. Use them in a way. That's effective. Ty Detmer said as much on this very program on Friday. A two-hour dish, if you missed it. Having fast guys is great, but uh, Ty said, we've got to find ways to get Jonah the ball more. Jamal. Is, that's right. Well, Jamal's gone. Okay, so now you have to, you have to actually call plays, Ty. So now it's I'm Jonah. Sorry. I'm sorry, you can't just say hand off to Jamal anymore. 
the Jamal fence is a thing of the past, right? Oh, well, the Jamal fence has probably made its <laughs> way to the other uh, Packers, not the Kansas City Packers, as we learned, but the Green Bay Packers. Jonah Trinneman ran, and he confirmed on Football Media Day to us in Studio B that he ran a 4 3 Bo Tanner, Woo! according to Jonah, ran a 4 Most people are like, who's Bo Tanner? He's a transfer receiver who was on the team last year, hurt, didn't really figure into many of the plans. He figures into the plans this year. He's one of the top kind of five guys there. Speed is a wonderful thing. And I was trying to think of the last time BYU had a true speed deep threat, and the name that comes to mind is Todd Todd Watkins. Watkins. It's been a decade. It's been more than a decade. Yeah, a speed threat. A burner. Rod (laughs) Wilkerson. A deep threat that's a burner. Hands versus speed. Because people will say, well, what about Austin Colley? He was a deep threat. Austin Colley was not a speedster. He no. was just precision and had incredible hands. He was just the best receiver yes. we've ever had. Yes, not a speed guy. The last yeah. speed guy BYU really found success with was Todd Watkins. Cody Hoffman wasn't fast. In fact, he couldn't cut it at the next level because of that. But his hands were incredible. His route running was really good. Went up and made a play. He was great. Two, four, three guys on the BYU football team. How will they use them when the actual games start? Number four, Jerem. In and out. Louis Lapuaja won't play this year. He's an offensive lineman who was a starter two years ago, injured last year, won't play next year. I'd be surprised if he plays again at BYU. Then Sione Takitaki will play. So that's been discussed quite a bit, right? Is he playing? Is he not? Whatever. Sione Takitaki is a good pass rusher. He's going to play this year. And then Matt Hadley on the depth chart listed by BYU, which did not include people that didn't participate in spring or newcomers. For the fall, right? Listed as Kainuku's replacement of free safety. Okay, let's address these in order as you brought them up. The Lapuaho thing stinks because Louie is a NFL good football player. prospect, but not anymore with these kind of injuries. He's been super injured, banged up, having all sorts of knee issues. I hope, you know, and it is a small hope, let's be realistic, that he can Wait, someday what? play football again. Yeah, that'd be nice. Taki Taki is a really good pass. He was a good run, a young pass rusher in 2015. This is a nice ad. He was here, but not in school. It's a yes and no, right? He's back on the team, which is great. So that, that's, a, that's kind of a, a cool story to have a guy that wasn't on the team, but now he's back on the team. That dude is hungry to go back out on the football what did, field. What did Chad Lewis say about that exactly? They're hungry. Yeah, yeah day hungry. Yeah, Sione is hungry to get back out on the football field. I'm excited to see what he can do because – you saw what Jamal Williams did after sitting out a year, and that fire was stoked inside him. He had to sit and wait. Light and the fire within me, Romney. I think Sione has a little bit of that, uh, that same type of mentality that Jamal Williams had. And then Matt Hadley, the guy that's going to play in the backfield. My Portuguese web chat, bro. The defensive backfield with the newly haircutted Micah Hanneman. Yeah, the Hannemans always have a fun haircut. <laughs> There was always like, are you like a Padawan in the back? I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. But here you go, Matt Hadley. Here's your opportunity. All you have to do is step in for Kainakua. Hey, no pressure. No one wants to be the guy after the guy. What did he say to you in Portuguese that made you feel good about uh, what he's going to bring to the field? Oh, he's like, man, I'm going to have like 20 interceptions. Wow. It was crazy. Portuguese is horrible because uh, I didn't think that happened at all. You couldn't understand, so (laughs) you can be quiet now. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Number three, BYU football is a bowl game free agent, now, according to Tom Holmo. Now some of you have wanted this, right? Oh, why do we have to know the bowl game before the year and there's no fun? 
Hey, the little little rolling of the dice, if you will. Does that make BYU the season be more interesting? Game. Because people people last year were like, it's just not fun if BYU's not going to a New Year's Six game. We already know that they're signed into the points. Then anyway. BYU's never had a fun bowl game outside of the Cotton Bowl? So do you like it better not knowing which game they will play in? A little bit. Because there's that mystery out there. We go to the bowl game, so yeah, I would like a little like eight-ball deal here. Where are we going? Shreveport? <laughs> you know, I'd, that'd be fun. BYU football still awaiting their bowl arrangement. What we do know is that if they are bowl eligible, ESPN will guarantee BYU plays in a postseason game. I think there are 40, so I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. That's the understatement of the hour. Uh-huh. Yeah. Number two, Jerem. BYU's relationship with ESPN is stronger than ever. ESPN picks up the option on the 2019, uh, extending the contract to 2019, one more year, so three more years with ESPN at least. I'd imagine that'd continue after that. We'll see. But this is great. ESPN3, uh, you know, had a bunch of the programs on uh, from Media Day through BYU TV, which is cool. Um, the, the relationship's very strong. The bowl tie-in we just talked about, it's a good place to be. Let's be honest. Who's the most powerful entity in college football? They're the worldwide leader. It's Espen. Yes. That is BYU's pseudo-conference as an independent. Yeah. And they they hooked BYU up with games, with bowl games, with TV contracts, with ideal situations uh, as best they can. It's good to be in league with ESPN. Absolutely. And the number one thing we learned from Media Day more like we relearned, yeah. is the Lavelle Edwards legacy will never die. How cool is the Lavelle Edwards patch? Love it. I love it. It's there the were more patch requests since ben for patch. that patch than anything else on media oh, day. I mean, if if this is the BYU football merit badge, it's the greatest merit badge of all time. I, I really like the likeness. I like the... Uh, way it's put together i love it and what what great way to honor him and obviously play on the field is what kalani satake said will honor him the most but having this patch is very cool this is the new eagle scout badge okay oh times 28 (laughs) let's be honest it it is the coaching tree show was emotional it was really fun to be a part of that and to see all those personalities Talk about their great mentor and the iconic Lavelle Edwards. Again, that's available on demand. Those roots go far, man. Like, those roots go way out, not only in college football, but in the NFL. We've talked a lot about, and that that show was cool because we've talked a lot about his influence on uh, players, his his influence on coaching. In, in college football and the NFL is way more widespread than you'd imagine. The coaching tree, when you look at how that branches out, there are like 15 head coaches in the NFL in that line. This, he, he coached this guy who then coached this guy who coached this guy. It's like, whoa. Pretty cool Eat stuff. your heart out, Ancestry. Absolutely. And like I said, the Lavelle Edwards coaching tree show is just one way to fill your need for BYU football until the actual games start. When? Countdown to the Viking. 61 days. 61 days until BYU and Portland State line it up at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on August 26th. Exactly two months. Two months away from today. Two months! That's a fantastic revelation. Let's keep it rolling on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. What was your biggest takeaway from BYU Football Media Day? We'll read some of your tweets coming up. We'll also take on the challenge 
of Uncle B in Studio B. He's flexing his vocal muscles as well as his biceps next. What was his biggest takeaway after Friday? BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Ahern Rental. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation nationally simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation rolling right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN when you respond. If you missed anything from BYU Football Media Day or you want to watch it again, no worries. BYU TV and BYU Radio have apps, free downloads. You can relive Rewatch, re-listen to all the great content that was there. Obviously, uh, BYU Sports Nation, uh, State of the Program, the Coaching Tree. Also, web chats, four hours worth with Lauren Frankham. Also, uh, great stuff with Behind the Mic with Gregor Bell, three hours on uh, BYU Football Media Day. Download those apps, check it out. Our Twitter question today, what was your biggest takeaway from BYU Football Media Day? At CL underscore living tweets in. Lavelle's number can't be retired. So players and coaches like Kalani have, with a patch, declared never was a better number one than he. Use the hashtag BYUSN. That's well put. Well worded. He doesn't need his number retired. They have a patch well, with his likeness. The stadium is and also the, the stadium greatest is named after him. I'll see your patch and raise you a stadium. But I, I think the patch is fantastic. I think that the stadium is the greatest ode to Lavelle Edwards. The retired numbers hang want, in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Well, yes. And the first thing that the announcers say when you start a broadcast, right, is welcome to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. That's the greatest ode to Lavelle ever. My guy at Androoney75 tweets in, I was there. There is serious buzz surrounding this program and season. The atmosphere created by Kalani and company is undeniable. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people are excited about this team. There's some serious question marks uh, on it, but that's kind of the fun part of uh, redoing it every year. I love it. We're excited to have Blaine Fowler back in Studio B. Uncle B in the hizzy. Let's start with the Twitter question, my friend. What was your biggest takeaway from 2017 BYU Football Media Day? Well, from a not affecting this Falls team thing, I, I loved the um, the whole section on Lavelle Edwards and the coaching tree. I mean, I – I know most of those guys, but until you see it graphically, this coaching tree and the impact he's had on so many coaches in college football and in the NFL. I mean, when when they put up the tree and they start to to look at who, you know, came from Mike Holmgren's tree and Andy Reid's tree, the number of head guys in the NFL that really were directly influenced by Lavelle and the way he does things is remarkable. And, and Brian Billick too. Yeah, and that's right. Look at Brian's tree as well. It's Lavelle's coaching tree, even though I knew it until I saw it the other day graphically represented, I was like, whoa, I forgot the impact that this man had on football and on the way coaches coach. So that was that was big for me. That was kind of surprising. Even though I know all of those guys, it was surprising to me when I saw it. Um, but what wasn't surprising to me was with the folks in studio and the people that, that we had come in via video, you know, the Mike Holmgrens and the Brian Billicks and, and, and Brian Mitchell and Andy and all these guys that came in, there was one consistent theme, and, and that was that Lavelle Edwards cared about the individual, and they all learned how to treat people, how to treat a coaching staff, how to treat athletes from Lavelle Edwards. That's the consistent theme that every single one of those guys 
took with them in their coaching career. You know, Brian is a really Brian Billick's a really fiery guy on the sidelines. Um, Andy's a little bit more like Lavelle in his temperament on the sidelines. So, you know, each of them has their own personality in coaching, but the single common theme for every single one of those guys was Lavelle taught me how to treat people. And you know what? Because they treated people with respect and gave them responsibility, and because Lavelle was great at delegating and empowering and seeing things in people that they didn't see in themselves. Those guys assembled phenomenal coaching staffs around them, and then that's why that coaching tree is so huge. Surround yourself with greatness. Yeah, it's so much to write a book with that title. Um, wait, hey, Chad, did um, <laughs> day hungry. So, so that's my off. That's my off the football field that doesn't really impact. Well, it does impact because Kalani has taken a lot of those philosophies. I was just going to say that Blaine, what, one of his uh, you know disciples of that kind of coaching is Kalani Satake. And now we're seeing it in his very personable and family-oriented recruiting. Yeah, it's and it's having a big impact. And the, the young players, so, so maybe an on-the-field thing, Ed Lamb made a comment at, at the media day that, um, well, there's seven or eight players on this roster that have NFL talent now. And, and I thought, oh, well, that, that's an interesting comment. And, and then you take the step from that is, okay, so where BYU's lagged behind the University of Utah the last couple years in putting guys at the next level, if there's a bunch of young guys in this program now that they've recruited the last few years or that they're developing right now that are NFL talent, that is going to change. So that gap is going to change, and we're going to see more guys. That's a direct result of the way they're recruiting and the kinds of kids that they're bringing in and the way they're going to develop them. And I, so that was a comment from Ed that kind of stood out to me. Wow, okay, that's good. So didn't have a bunch drafted this last year, but let's look over the next two or three years and see if that increase, if, if that will increase. I believe it will increase. There's some really, really good young talent on this football team. Ed Lamb kind of reiterated that thought to me when we were in Southern California just before the Fan Fest. He said, if there's one thing I know, it's that we are getting better from an individual football standpoint. Our recruiting is getting better. We have better talent in the program. Yeah, I agree 100%. On the defensive side of the ball, because Ed and and Eliza and and, uh, Kalani addressed the defense, they were really good defensively. You know, the numbers were displayed graphically. They were great in scoring defense. They were good in total defense. They were were really good in forcing turnovers last year. Elite. We can even say that. When you're in the top 10, you're elite, right? Number two? Yeah. So when you're, when you're, they were elite in terms of turnovers last year, and we don't throw that term around. Thank you for not using it in yeah. vain, Blake. It's so, so defensively, I think they just pick up where they left off. I don't know if they have to be better. They just have to be as good. And, and talking to the coaches off air and what we saw on air, I feel like they're just going to take a step forward this year. Worst case scenario, they're as good as they were last year, and that's good enough. The, the thing that I was interested in is the conversation with Ty where he talked about um, how confident they are in the offensive line. That makes a big difference. When BYU dominates on the line of scrimmage, they're better. Um, but there's one area where I'm still going, oh, I didn't get any answers from me today, and that is the running back situation. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I was really interested to see if they would come in there and say, hey, over the summer, you know, Squally really stepped up, or, or Tolatow's the guy that's going to be the guy, or we're really going to rely on these two guys. Ty said, well, we have seven really good guys. And they all have different skill sets. And so going into this thing, we're going to have to figure out a way to play those seven guys. Yeah, and he referenced we're going to use a bunch of different formations to try and figure that out. Yeah, and so, so here's the hard thing. And I, I can tell you that Ty, in the back of his mind, has to be thinking, but I really hope a couple of these guys step up. I really hope in the course of fall camp that two or three of these guys become the obvious choice, that they've advanced their game so much that they've separated themselves. Because seven guys is hard 
to negotiate uh, and, and to do logistically. So even if they're all talented, now you're the offensive coordinator and you got that offensive staff. You're trying to decide what play is the best play in this situation against that defense. And now we call it, oh, and by the way, who's the best running back that we put in in that formation and in this situation? So it's just an extra thing to think about. And so I'm a little concerned about that. I'm not concerned about the talent level. I'm a little concerned that we're going into fall camp and trying to have somebody step up, or maybe if it's even only two or three guys step up and be the men rather than a group of seven guys at running back. And so, and, and Ty's, these guys are completely transparent when you talk to them, which I love. And so it's got to be a concern of his. They're not concerned about the talent. Um, they're concerned about somebody being the man. And yes. remember, we're replacing a guy that's not, you know, the kind of guy you get very often at BYU in Jamal Williams. It's, it's a bona fide NFL running back. And so you don't get those very often. So, so who is it going to be? Is, you know, is it, is Die going to step? Is it going to be Burt who comes back from a register? Is Toltau going to be the guy that can carry it every, every down? Is KJ Hall the guy, or is he just a third down back? Can Squally be the every down guy and emerge and be Jamal? There's a lot of questions at running back and I didn't get very many answers at media today. So I was a little concerned about that. I'll tell you where I really saw confidence from everybody on the coaching staff is they're excited about this tight ends and wide receivers group. Man. And, and let's know. talk about that. In 2015, Tanner Mangum had a fantastic freshman season. I think part of the reason is because BYU had a really good group of receivers. That obviously helps. Um, 6'6", Mitch Matthews. 6'5", Taron Houck. Who was more of a tight end, let's six, be honest. Six, right. Nick, tight inside. Yeah, yeah, a flex tight end. Nick Kurtz at 6'6". Six, six. Devon Blackman with some speed. At, at looking at the group the BYU expects to contribute, there's not a guy over 6'3 outside of the tight ends. It's just a little different. It's it, just a little different. And, and they feel really good. They feel like athletically, so in terms of flat-out team speed, they're, they're better there. But And there's some guys that will go battle for the ball. Talon Shumway is going to be a guy that I think will really explode on the scene that we really haven't seen much um, this year. And he's got there's, there's Shumway, there's Achille Davis. that They're, they're not 6'6 six, six guys, but they're strong guys with good vertical jumps that are good-sized receivers that can go get it. Grant Jones is a guy that's 6'5 or 6'6 six, six that nobody knows about that can be a guy that can go battle for footballs and can be – if you go back and watch Grant Jones' high school film, which I've done, um, you know, he came and they moved him to the defense and he played safety and then he moved, outside, safety. he moved to outside linebacker. The fact that they put him at safety tells you that they went, wow, this is a really athletic guy that's long, right? So now that with the new staff they go – Maybe this guy should go back to wide receiver. And he said, hey, that's, this is what I'm most comfortable about. This is what I played in high school. Go watch his high school film and you'll watch play after play where the quarterback just threw the ball up and Grant Jones just out-jumped everybody and went and took the football from people. It'd be nice to give Tanner Mangum that option. Yeah, it would be great. He and took then, advantage of that option a couple of years And then there's been great speed. Yeah. In, you know, guys like Hefo's got speed. Joan Trineman has looked really good. He ran a ridiculous time in his 40, electronically timed 40. 43 two. Yeah, that's craziness, right? So they've got some speed to go with that. Bo Tanner's got good speed. Like a Simon. So at the wide receiver group, I'm okay with seven or eight or nine guys rotating through there. That's normal. You're running them in with plays. You're doing things. It's okay to have a group of different guys and the wide receivers coaches sending them in. Hey, it's this formation, and that group knows they go out on the field. And so I'm a little more okay with that than having seven running backs, right? And then at the tight end position, I think Bushman really accounted himself well in spring ball, and they're excited about his ability to stretch the field and run and be a combo tight end that can block and do it all like a Chad Lewis or an Atula Mealy. And, and Marshall's back and Baldry's back who really improved 
last year. Um, and then they moved Moroni inside to play tight end, and he reminds me a little bit of Johnny Harleen in the skill set where he's going to be able to run away from people and stretch the defense from the inside of the offense down the middle of the field and create more room for Tanner to throw underneath. Because if, if a safety doesn't respect him, he's going to run right by the safety, and now there's that huge intermediate area between the linebackers and the safeties that becomes open when you have a tight end that can run. And so there's Ty has a lot of weapons and more experience offensively this year. And as I said, if the defense is just as good as they were last year and this offense takes a step forward, well, we're in for some really exciting things this fall. So it, it could be fun. So I was really encouraged by media day. The only thing I'm still going, hmm, I just don't know. What about the running backs? Is somebody going to step up? And I didn't see anything in media day that said to me, hey, a couple of guys are really taking the leadership role. Here's the litmus test. When it's third and three in the fourth quarter. Who's getting the rock? Who's getting the rock? Like, that's, the, that's your guy, right? Who's getting the rock? And, that's a, and we don't know the answer to that question. Blaine, I want to ask you before you go about the ESPN contract extension with BYU through 2019 and how that relates to BYU football and their immediate future as an independent. What do you think about all of that? I think it was big news. I, I, I've kind of – the confidence that Tom Homo has had over this past year as people have said, well, what are you going to do? The contract's coming to end in a couple of years. This is a confidence boost, but I think Tom knew that all along they have a good relationship with the folks at ESPN. The big concern for me was I have a lot of friends that are full-time employees of ESPN. I work for ESPN, but I'm a contract employee. And they've made this big fundamental shift at ESPN away from people that are full-time employees. They let a bunch of on-air people go. And I think the question was, whoa, is ESPN okay financially? What's going on? Is BYU going to get this contract again? Is it going to be for as much money? Talking to folks, it's it's just ESPN changing the way they're structured so that they can be more profitable. I think there's still plenty of money in margin yeah, and the what they're doing. Yeah, business models change. And so, so that it's just a change in business model. It doesn't mean hey, ESPN's not healthy. So BYU has a very healthy sports partner in ESPN. This sends a message that ESPN wants to continue. And Tom alluded to the fact on Media Day that, oh yeah, and we're having conversations about what we do after the end of this contract four years from now. And I, I'm confident that if BYU is still in independence at that point, that ESPN is going to want to up it again. Because BYU is a profitable enterprise for them. It's a, prop, pro, a profitable property for them. They get great ratings when they play on ESPN. And for BYU and independence, it gives them exposure. Um, I can't remember which show on Media Day put the graphic up of who play, has played the most nationally televised games. And it's BYU, right up there in the top three with big, big programs. Way more than, uh, than the University of Utah right up the road. And so this is a good model. That sends a message that ESPN is still a solid business partner of BYU's and that BYU can survive in independence. Great stuff, Blaine. Always uh, nice to have you back in Studio B. Good to see you guys. We could get out and play some golf. Absolutely. Let's go All in this right. next. You can just settle down your travel okay, let's, schedule you know a little what? bit. Let's just have everybody from in the control room come and run the show, and let's just go play. Right now. <laughs> I've been asking for this for what? <laughs> <laughs> Our Twitter question today: What was your biggest takeaway from BYU football media day? Blaine Fowler just gave us his biggest question mark and his biggest takeaway outside of football, centering on Lavelle Edwards. Download the podcast if you missed any of that. At BYU underscore Bob tweets in. People seem to like that Lavelle Edwards guy. He's pretty likable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why they named the stadium after him. I guess so. Coming up, big deal, no deal, and BYU is a bowl game free agent. Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Hey, welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on a Monday on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. How many times have you heard me say that? 
Well, I hope you understand what that means. Like every day, but it's okay because repeating messages probably means it's important. We're on demand because you can always download the BYU TV or the BYU radio apps or stream the show, BYU Sports Nation, through Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. What's the one thing that Blaine Fowler is concerned about after BYU Football Media Day? The one unanswered question in his mind. Yeah. Download the podcast. We're not going to tell you. You got to download it. <laughs> Refreshing today's BYUSN headlines. The 2017-2018 BYU men's basketball team practicing together for the first time today. This is the beginning of a six-week summer semester training camp where all members of the team are together and training together. Ryland Bergerson, Jashir Hardnett, they all, all these guys are here now. Which is very cool. Luke Worthington back from his mission. Luke was in studio last week, baby. Ryan Anders back from his yes. mission. All these guys. Boom. Goes to Dynamite. Jacob Brugman hit his first Major League home run over the weekend for the Oakland A's. Boom. Goes to Dynamite. Two other rookies also homered in the game, by the way, for the A's, making them the second trio of rookies in MLB history to all hit their first homer in the same game. The only other trio, of course... Of rookies do that was the 1914 Kansas City Packers. You remember that Who one. Who doesn't know that? Final Jeopardy question uh, from like 17 years ago, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like Slumdog Millionaire, that'd be like a question. What was the other trio? Uh, the 1914 Kansas City Packers. <laughs> also on the diamond, Colton Shaver has signed a professional contract to play baseball for the Houston Astros. He will start his professional career in Greenville, Tennessee. I am surprised by this, by the way. I thought he would stay another year and try and improve his stock because he was, what, a 38th round pick. I, oh, The bonus is just not the same at that level. But he took it. He's out there. He's going to be playing ball. So we'll uh, watch with uh, excitement. Yeah, Maverick Buffalo also playing in his first uh, professional baseball right. game today. I don't know if he's actually pitching today, but he is. Uh, he tweeted out a picture on the bus. In uniform. He on that bus. And Ashley Hatch scored the game-winning goal for the North Carolina Courage. To beat the Boston Breakers, one nothing. Hatch had a, had has scored a goal in the last three games. She started for the Courage, which are the three starts she has. That's not a coincidence. Yeah, no, 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 it is not. Our Twitter question today: What was your biggest takeaway from Friday's BYU football media day? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Zach underscore Vandermeid says that this coaching staff is settled in, comfortable, and confident. They don't seem as though they're only going into their second year. What kind of impression did you get from the staff as a whole in regard to what Zach just tweeted in? Yeah, I got the sense of more confidence. I thought they were pretty confident a year ago. Um, I, I think they – but they had a season – they have a season under their belt now. And they know who the guys are for the most part. Running back still a question, but wide receivers – they know who in the groups are, can compete for replacement positions. Like, who's competing for kind of cool spot? We know who those guys are, right? We know there's Zane Anderson and Matt Hadley and Micah Hanneman at the other safety spot. And you, you have an idea, but, yeah, I, I think BYU is pretty confident in the guys that they have. And the question I have is you, you blend scheme and personnel together as best you can. Hey, we're going to run this offense. Well, do you have the guys for that offense? BYU is starting to get more guys that match the scheme. At CPA underscore Coog, bowl free agents, baby, play in the field. <laughs> Words not spoken in these parts very often. No, I, I, it's kind of exciting not to know the bowl game. You know it's one of the ESPNs, but there's a lot of them. At Twiggy or Stone tweets in, 
like how the program is looking to the future and embracing its legacy, Coach Satake has really brought in a feeling of excitement. It's different, right? And there's different ways of doing things. Gary Croton, when he came in, he said, you know what? We're going to kind of forge our own path. We're going to have a new color scheme, new jerseys. And that was exciting at the time. With some losing seasons, it got old. Trust me, if you win, it doesn't matter what uni you're in, but there is some excitement with this program. Yeah, even in the bibs, if you're winning a lot of games, it's okay. 99 was actually a fun year. Because you won a lot of games. Coming up, find out how Daniel Summerhays finished in his latest PGA tournament. Another nice paycheck. We'll also play Big Deal, No Deal. About that BYU Bowl free agency. Did we get a paycheck with that thing? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on Brigham Young University television starting at approximately, no, sharply, at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Also on demand, uh, individual interviews from this program and others, web chats and whatnot, on YouTube.com slash Sports. We spit out these Insta clips, we call them, on uh, Twitter, but you can also go to YouTube and download, not download, just stream and view these videos on demand. And I would recommend for the next month until fall camp starts, which is about the 26th, 27th, and then the month after that, hey, you have time to consume the Media Day content if you would like. What was your number one takeaway from BYU Football Media Day? At Soda Coog says, loved seeing Luke Staley back with the program. We forget yes. how good he was. I don't. Also, Lavelle Patch is cool, but Statue would be better. I don't forget how good Luke was. He's the GOAT at running back here. Also, a Lavelle statue would be awesome. I'm not sure what the statue policy is on campus. Does he need a statue if the stadium is named after him? Here's why he needs the statue. So that people can come, visitors can take pictures with his statue. Okay, yeah. It's a little more individual as opposed to this big stadium. Because if you can't get in the stadium, it'd be nice outside if you could take a picture with the statue. I need to get one of those patches and use my uh, sewmanship to you have sewmanship? Uh, to to make that a thing on one of my polos. Are you a sewer? <laughs> very very rough want, around the I edges. I want you to have one with. Well, you're a sewer. You're not rough around the edges. Uh, I want you to use like a foot pedal sewing machine. I want to see that. You want me using and I, a I want foot like pedal yes. so like the wind, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> live on Facebook Live. Oh, my goodness. That actually might that might be that was, some, that, hey, some funny things. We get things. at least 22 people watching that. <laughs> Let's play Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal. No Deal. Brought to you by Brady Industries, a provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment throughout the western United States for over 65 years. Brady Industries Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. So, so like the wind. Number one. Big deal, no deal. BYU is a bowl game free agent. A Caitlin King appearance on BYU Sports Nation. Hey. Hello, Caitlin. Hi, guys. What's up? I'll go big deal because this is the first time we've had this. We've always known the bowl game. Now we don't know the bowl game. We're sitting here exactly two months away from the season not knowing the bowl game. I think this is a big deal. I kind of like it. I can pinpoint a couple of games that I'm pretty sure that it will be, but still not knowing. Tell us. Just makes it a fun dynamic. What right? do you think it will be? I think the Frisco Bowl is an option. Miami Beach Bowl rebranded. Because it's in San Francisco now at the home of the San Francisco Wait, Giants. The Frisco Bowl? No, the Frisco Bowl is in Texas. Oh, sorry. The Frisco Bowl is in Texas. There's what another, are you thinking? There's another bowl game uh, in... The, the Foster Farms Bowl yes. that I went to? Yes. Versus Indiana? Yes. Okay. Those two? I think that could be a, p- a potential option, yes. Oh, okay. 
So, well, just on the coattails of Utah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. San Fran would be fun. According to Bill Bender, it's the Independence Bowl, right? That was a shot in the dark. Yeah. Okay. But the point is, all of these conferences have like eight bowl tie-ins, and not all of those teams get bowl eligible. So BYU will fill the void uh, somewhere. Yes. They'll feel the they feel. They feel. will feel steel. Feel it. Bowl in the air. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. Number two, big deal, no deal. ESPN picks up the option on its contract with BYU football through 2019. Big deal. It's better than being on CBS Sports. ESPN is the best, is the most powerful entity in college athletics. 100%. This is a big deal. I I really do miss CSTV, though. Man, those are some wonderful days. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Standard definition for the win. (laughs) Where's the football? Are they running it or throwing it? I, wish this I don't was like know. like that one year in hockey where they'd make the puck yellow. Yes, this is a big <laughs> deal because there's a reason that so many people were like, well, with all of this ESPN, uh, I guess, rebranding and BYU is so cheap. moving money around, like, like, like well, what's going to happen? They get so much bang for their buck. That's what I mean by that. Yes. Yes. They can give they, BYU is happy. Everyone's happy at BYU with ESPN. And, but it's but it's not affecting them budgetarily in the same it's way. It's a low cost yes. for a well-viewed product. It's yes. a good business model. Yes, it is. For ESPN. For both people. It's a big deal because a lot of people were worried about that. A lot of BYU fans were worried. And so the fact that it happened tells me that, yeah. I wasn't worried a single second. Things are good. I know you weren't. But a lot of people were worried that BYU might Stop get cut off. Stop worrying. It All does good. no good. Through 2019. Number three. Big deal, no deal. Eric Mika goes undrafted and will reportedly play with the Heat in the NBA Summer League. Okay, the undrafted part's a big deal, but the whole thing, uh, I'll go no deal. I'm not shocked that, one, he was undrafted. I am shocked that he left and would be undrafted. Uh, but the fact that he's playing in the Summer League, no deal. We, we know that he's good enough to play in the Summer League. We know that he's good enough to play in the D League as well. The question is whether he'll break into the NBA at some point. I didn't learn anything through all of this because it's what we anticipated, right? Nothing different happened than what we thought would happen. So I'm with you. I say no deal. Eric Mika is a really good basketball player. He's going to get a shot in the NBA. Somebody will take a chance that on him. That shot will probably be within 15 feet. Oh. See what I did there? Oh, I see what you did there. But he's got to stretch it out to uh, you know, 22. If he can, then he really will get a good look in the NBA. If he can, then he will. This sounds like something I'd say. Yes, yes, yes. Listen, indeed. if you do, then you will. <laughs> what? Very matter-of-fact statement right huh? there. I, it's, a, it's a bummer that Eric didn't get drafted, but it's also a bummer that this was, according to most NBA experts, the most loaded NBA draft in like two decades. I'm not sure that mattered for Eric. So even if he waits until next year, you don't think just because the draft is less loaded, he has a better chance of going in the late second round, maybe? His skill set isn't suited for a pro four right now. <sighs> he can develop that in the D-League. Yeah. Well, Excuse me. The G-League. The G- oh, yeah. How dare you? Wrong letter. My bad. How dare you? It's been rebranded by the NBA, Jerem. Number four. Big deal, no deal. Colton Shaver signs with the Astros. I think this is a big deal. He's going to become a pro. And there was a question as to whether he was going to take it or come back to BYU. He took it. Both guys took it. I thought both would come back. So uh, the other being Maverick Buffalo. This is a big deal to me. I view this as a big deal because it now creates another big hole for Mike Littlewood to fill. He's got a lot of bats, though. 
He does have a rock. ton of bats, yeah. but by the way, Brock Hale goes undrafted. He's I haven't heard that he's officially back, but I would assume so. Right? So maybe it's all better, right? Maybe because it's the maybe, evolution of maybe a program. that factors into why Colton Shaver decided to go. Like, well, Brock Hale's back. Like, BYU's no, no, no. Fine. If he wanted to come back, he'd be a starter in the whole. I deal, know, right? I know. That's, okay. Yes, that's a very obtuse way of thinking, but. Obtuse. Yes. Man, what is this geometry? Myopic. It's myopic and obtuse. I, yeah. I no. I think Colton Shaver's a good player. So th- this is this is good for him to be able to go get out there and go I, again. If you don't think your draft stock's going to improve much, slash, you don't just want to be in class. Yeah, get out of here. I don't. Bl- I don't blame anybody for that. No. But a- I do. Th- Eric I do Mika think- is harder to understand than the guys in the minors. I do think it is a big deal when you have a guy leave early because. Especially if it's the 38th round, because I'm I'm imagining that Mike Littlewood and yeah, this is just my opinion. We'll have to ask Mike about this. That he was surprised. It's it's late. The signing bonus isn't as good. Yeah, it just really isn't. And when you're surprised, then it becomes a bigger deal because you're like, okay, now what? Part of the reason, um, the the way that you feel about someone that goes undrafted to me has a little bit to do with this. A little bit. What did you give the program that made it so it was okay that you left? I think that weighs in a little bit. Mm. Number five. Big deal, no deal. Shea Collinsworth signs a pro running contract with Nike. Cha-ching! Big deal. Free swag. Money. Nike. Money. Swag. How could this not be yes. a big deal? Well, she, is, she wasn't a senior, was she? She's with – no. So, she, she's, so she, she, everyone's going early. She leaves early. Everyone's going early from BYU. with Nike's elite running club. Like, There's such a thing? Yes. Like – Hi, welcome to the – it's like a country club for runners? She's a two-time All-American. She's one of the top five in the country in her specific event. Is Nike she, ventured out and says, we think that you could be something special for us. It's yeah. a big deal. That's back-to-back years. BYU Track has produced a pro going early, by the way. Shaquille Walker the year before. And Shay Collinsworth. Boom, baby. Ed, what do you got him drinking over there, man? That's good stuff. We're a power ed school. <laughs> At JSN Shep tweets in from his Twitter account on his number one takeaway from BYU Football Media Day that the BYU football program is in great hands. Hopefully those hands are Jonah Trinamans. Who is this JSN Shep guy? Hmm, I don't know. Uh, okay. Stay with us. Whip around next. Oh, Jason Shepard. Big Deal No Deal on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Brady Industries. Clean solutions, a tradition for generations. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. You know what it is. Thanks to today's guest, Blaine Fowler. If you missed any of our show today, top five things we learned from Media Day. Blaine Fowler weighed in on that. Also, big deal, no deal in relation to Colton Shaver signing a professional contract with the Houston Astros after being drafted in the 38th round and BYU football as a bowl game free agent podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up this week, USA Indoor Men's Volleyball Coach John Sparrow, BYU Men's Volleyball Coach Sean Olmstead, a new Between the Lines with Rory Linkletter of Track and Field, and a new 10-10 and 10 featuring the top defenses the Cougars will face this season. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. 2017-18 men's basketball team will practice together today for the first time. This is the beginning of a six-week summer semester training camp where all members of the team are together and they are training together. Cougars in the major league. Jacob leagues. Brugman hit his first major league home run over the weekend for the Oakland A's. He did so with a couple of other teammate rookies. 
the second trio in MLB history to all hit their first home run professionally at the highest level in the same game, joining the Kansas City Packers in 1914. Cougars in the minors. Well, Jeffrey signs with the Houston Astros, the second-best team in the AL West. He will start his professional career with the Greenville Astros. Michael Rucker pitched five shutout innings Saturday. He only gave up two hits, struck out four, and a Myrtle Beach Pelicans loss to the Down East Wood Ducks. And Adam Law went one for three with a run in, the, in an Arkansas Travelers lot. Lost Saturday to the Springville Cardinals. You're laughing at the Wood Ducks, aren't yes, you? Yes, I am. <laughs> Jacob Hanneman had two hits and an RBI and a stolen base this Saturday in a triple-A Iowa Cubs lost loss, I should say, to the Round Rock Express. Soccer. Ashley Hatch scored the game-winning goal for the North Carolina Courage to beat the Boston Breakers 1-0. Hatch scored a goal in her last three games in her only three starts this season. Hatch tweeted the following seven minutes ago, it's definitely become the ha- because of the hashtag BYUSN karma. Track and field. Abraham Alvarado finished seventh overall at the USA National Championships in the 800 meters. Shea Collinsworth, speaking of the 800 meters, signed a contract, as we just mentioned, over the weekend with Nike and will continue her running career with the Oregon Track Club Elite. Swimming and diving. Shout out to the 503. The College Swimming and Diving Association of America chose seven Cougars to be members of the Scholar, Scholar All-American team. Matt Dankers, Kevin Dreesen, Preston Jenkins, Luis Ventura, Jordan Tuckfield, and Adal and Morgan Mellon. Cougars in the PGA. Daniel Summerhays finished tied for 43rd at 3 under par with the Travelers Championship and earned a big fat paycheck once again. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health, and you need the most DexterLaw.com. Who gets the Rise and Shout today, Jerem? Ashley Hatch, thanks for tweeting in, crediting the karma. We've never given it to anyone who's really bad at sports, so yeah. You have to be good to get the karma. That's true. What was your number one takeaway from BYU Football Media Day? At Kip Kent tweets in, in year two, after Satake, the energy is great. Love the bowl deal with ESPN. A guaranteed bowl with 14 possibilities is better than one. Okay. Are there 14? I don't know. I don't know either. Our elite tweet of the day, at Colonel underscore James 83. The big picture impact that Lavelle Edwards had in shaping the lives of hundreds of men over the decades. Hashtag more than football. That is the elite. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. The show's on demand, BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Matt Sailors. BYU Sports Nation, back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. We out! Sail away, sail away.